We are here, we are queer, and we're changing the world for the better. Welcome to Queer Changemakers, where each episode we share the vision and story of an LGBTQ plus leader who is taking action to make a positive change in the queer community and beyond. Welcome to the Queer Changemakers Podcast. This is Justin, and today our guests are Matt and Callie, who are from the Washington, D.C. area. And I don't know who should go first, but if you can give a brief intro about yourself uh, for our guests. Sure. So I'm Matt Nabinger, and I... Uh, am the organizing pastor of Queerly Gathered, a new worshiping community in Washington, D.C. Um, and we've been going since September of uh, last year. And so we're, we're still very new, um, not even a full year in yet, um, but we have just been uh, trying to connect with each other and um, see what queer, what what this queerly gathered space could become. And I'm Callie Bronkema. I'm the executive director of Queerly Gathered and Matt said it really well. So I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for being here today. Um, so the goal of this podcast as a whole is to sort of share the stories of people who are out there taking action um, to help our community in a variety of ways. So I guess my my first question to you both is sort of what um, what's your vision for Queerly Gathered? That's a really interesting question because I think it's an evolving answer that we have. Mm -hmm. um, because really the vision is to create a space that meets people's needs. And the more that we meet people, the more we can better identify what those needs are and then adapt um, as, as we need to. So um, yeah, it's just interesting because it's, it's an answer that changes. Um, but I think when we first started, our vision was just to create a safe space for people to um, either reconnect or connect with their faith and with God. Um, and really create a space that is one of the, the little taglines we use is, is it's for queer people by queer people because we both work at churches and have seen churches say they are affirming, but there's not a space that is purely for this um, community. So trying to create that little space. Awesome. That's awesome. I, I also come from a faith background and volunteer with a group called SDA Kinship that tries to build bridges within the Adventist community. Mm. So I've heard many stories of Adventists who say they are affirming and it's like, well, you know, mm. sort of. <laughs> come in and be like the rest of those people, um, which is which isn't always the greatest. But um, so what got you, I guess, both into that? Uh, maybe you should go first, Callie, since Nat went first to that other question. Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned we both work at churches. Um, our role in those churches is mainly with kids. Um, so it's a little different of a population. 
um, than our than our background is per se. Um, but we were both just talking at a, a work retreat once about how whenever we enter queer spaces, and really we were talking about queer bars. Um, for me, at least, I you know we're in the DC area. The first question people ask you is, "So what do you do?" And I always just say I work with kids, um, and I try to avoid for as long as possible the fact that that is in a church setting. Um, and so we were talking about like why we hesitate to do that, why we hesitate to say that we work at churches, especially when we're in queer spaces. Um, and we realize we both have the shared experience of once that's out there, we then become like that person's kind of spiritual pastor therapist for the next like five minutes or however long we have with this person. And gay bar is just not the ideal setting for that conversation. So we were thinking about what if we created that? Can we create that ideal setting? Um, because, you know, in these five minute conversations that we have, we there's such an array of emotions from, you know, trauma and pain associated with it to anger. And then some really awesome stories sometimes about how people actually had great faith um, upbringings, but haven't found a safe space to continue that journey for themselves. Yeah. Matt, did I miss anything? <laughs> that, that, you did great. <laughs> That's, I agree. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Similar, similar. All right. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I, I've been a part of the queer Christian space here in DC for a while. And like, I say, knew a, I have a friend who's a pastor and when he would be going on dates with other, with other guys, there'd be questions of, oops, it like, right. Once that happens, it's like, some people are okay. Some people are just like, we don't have to talk about that part. And then other people are like, so as a pastor, X, Y, Z, Exactly. Okay. He shares stories after his dates, meeting us at the bar, um, being like, yep, that's not a date going anywhere. But um, I told this person about my church and they might show right. up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think there is a big um, need for people to process some of that religious background and religious trauma. Um, or just, you know, if they don't have that place to go to, there's just that un- there's that box that people have sometimes that's just, it's over there. I don't think about it, but um, I guess that's nice to give people that space to reconnect mm -hmm. and like talk about it. Um, so like, as you're, as you've been doing this for almost a year now, um, what are some of the high moments and low moments of the past year? So some of the challenges that you've experience and someone's just the like oh I'm so glad we did this this is this all makes sense uh do you have any of those kinds of stories to share mm. so we did a this past April we did like a holy Saturday um which is like the day before Easter um a holy Saturday dinner and then we had like a a service like a worship service but and they would this was like a high for for me I think and it was a high because it was just like, it was fun. We had dinner, it was like potluck style. Um, you know, everybody brought, you know, a different dish and there's all, you know, whenever you bring like your own like food dish, there's always like, you know, a story that goes with it. Like whether it's a story about like, you know, 
preparing the dish, you know, on the day or just a story about where the dish came from or, um, you know, where the recipe came from. Um, and so we were just bonding over that kind of thing. And then when we moved into the worship time, it was more of just like, I would say like, I don't know what to call it. I guess call it, I call it like creative worship. It's not sitting in pews um, and just listening, but I mean, we did do some listening. I shared a very brief kind of meditation and we, you know, we read scripture. It was Holy Saturday. So it was sort of like, you know, on that pre-Easter kind of theme leading up to, you know, uh, uh, new life. And just what made it a high for me was, first of all, the fun conversations we had at dinner, but then it was the way that people engage so much. Because I shared a very brief meditation and then we did prayer stations and these prayer stations were like paint a watercolor painting, um, you know, flower the cross, like get flowers and like decorate the cross with them and, uh, you know, uh, do what do like a a labyrinth um and like a finger labyrinth um and it was just it was very tactile and artistic and fun and um people just really were engaged and engrossed in that kind of prayer time and um yeah that was that felt really special to me yeah i'll agree like every time that we've there's that service and then our, our service that we just recently had at the end of June, we also did prayer stations for it. And it would just be really easy for people to not engage with the prayer stations. Um, like it would be very easy for someone to just kind of sit and be like, oh, that's too outside of my comfort zone, but everybody jumped in and really did it. And that it felt like we had found something that clicked with people. And that was a, a really good feeling. Interesting. I, I don't think I've ever heard of prayer stations. Um, so so just to give a little bigger of a picture. So in, in, in the space, there were different areas around the room and each area had a different way to sort of pray, uh, a different way to. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, the um, idea is to engage each of the senses when you're in worship and to just create a more interactive and like um, it, it's always right after the sermon. And so you're, you're really reflecting on what connected with you in that sermon. And then while you're thinking about that, being able to channel that through different interactive experiences is just a, a really cool way to process it. I think. Wow. That sounds yeah. pretty Pretty cool. A lot, a lot. I don't know if it's better, but a lot. It sounds a lot better than like just I guess kneel and like close your eyes or something. Like that's way closer to my tradition. <laughs> to my tradition, so that sounds. But this sounds a lot more fun. Yeah. Well, and because we both work for churches, that's what we were like. We love our churches, and sometimes there are things about worship that you know we would love to you know shift, but. Um, so it's just fun to kind of play in this and like really turn worship. I mean, it is worship. So there's, there's like a little bit of a, a little bit of a serious nature to it, but um, you know, it's also playful and fun 
and yeah awesome awesome one of, one of my values is play so when when people talk about that i'm like oh this is <laughs> it's right up my alley mm-hmm. um awesome so like but also so in the past 11 or 10 months um what are what like challenges have you been running into or did you run into and overcome so far Mm. I mean I I touched a little bit at the beginning of like our evolving answer of what our vision is and I think for me one of the challenges has been adjusting my expectations because I went into this kind of saying like, this is what we're going to do and people will come if we offer it and not really thinking all the way through, like, because we're trying to serve a community that has been traumatized, a lot of those people won't step foot into a church, right? Like, a lot of people don't want to reconnect with God. And so trying to stay flexible and saying like, okay, who are the people that are coming um, and what are their needs instead of just kind of imagining this population out there that needs this um, and, and, and shifting our focus and almost measuring success in a different way. And instead of like, how many people can we get in pews? It's shifting that measure of success to, are we ministering to the people who are in the pews in a way that feeds their soul? Um, but change for me can be hard. So <laughs> changing that mindset um, is it, hard. Yeah. When it's not exactly what you expected, but that doesn't mean that it's not good. It's just different. So that's me. I don't know. Adjusting your expectations. Yeah. Adjusting expectations and like also just, I guess along those lines, like, I mean, this is sort of the same thing, but like, what, what, what does growth look like? Just, um, yeah, it's easy to be disappointed when, or if there are, you know, not as many people as you thought would come, you know, to a particular event. Um, but like Hallie said, measuring like the quality, um, rather than like the quantity of people. One other interesting challenge has been how we interact with allies who are very excited about our work. Um, But right now, what we do is open solely for those who identify as queer and their loved ones. So trying to balance people are really excited about what they do about what we're doing um but then having to say well this isn't exactly a space built for you um has been hard like for me (laughs) I don't like telling people no um so (laughs) it's it's been hard trying to trying to explain especially like the people who mm, I don't know if I'll say that I'm not gonna so. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I can I can imagine where that might go because um, I, I think even even when I was telling people about the idea for this podcast and being like yeah I want to talk to queer people people on the spectrum 
And I said this in certain queer groups that are open to allies. And I was like, well, what about, and I'm like, I know, but, but queer people, I want to, I want to hear some, right? Like, because at the end of the, yeah, sometimes it can feel like our ally, I love our allies and I always need us to have more. Um, and sometimes also it's like, but we also know from within. And I think like we have a queer experience mm -hmm. that can resonate with other queer people more than our allies can. And sometimes, you know, people can help as much as they can from with, from the outside in, but there's still some parts that they just may not be able to get. Yeah. Um, Which so. is hard because we want to be welcoming and we want to be inclusive and we have to create a space that is truly safe. So balancing those two things is something that I didn't, I don't know, me personally, I did not foresee. Like I didn't really, um, I guess I was naive and I thought people would understand why this space is so necessary. Um, but people get excited and they wanna be involved and that's super nice of them. And we have to find a way to do that that still protects the safe space. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, in in terms of reaching out to people and getting them to show up, how how's that been going? Or how have you invited people so far to the space? Yeah, I think a lot of it has been online. Um, a lot of it has been through like. Instagram and Google ads and things like that. Um, and for a while, we did not have a website until like, when When did we launch our website last month? June, yeah. Yeah. First. Yeah, so uh, we just, we had like a meetup page um, and like in lieu of a website. Um, but like it did bring people in to, to different events that I we would not have, you know, been in touch with otherwise. Um, and and then like also so um we both work in presbyterian churches although queerly gathered is like our vision for it would is like for it to be interdenominational and uh but since we both work in presbyterian churches and presbyterian churches in this area happen to be very connected to each other um you know that's another way that we've been trying to get the word out oh, all right Cool, cool. So um, for people who may be listening or people who may wonder if, if this is a space for them, um, what, what, like, what kinds of people, like what, what specific faiths maybe are, are invited or what is that like? Um, and like, what is the, yeah, who should, who would you, I guess you want everybody who's queer. Yeah, um, so it's it's the, I think if if yeah. I understand your question, it's the answer is that anyone who's queer is welcome. And like when we give like a welcome statement at the beginning of a worship service, by the way, we have worship services. We also have dinners. We also do like picnics and other you know social events. Um, but when we have a worship service and we give a welcome statement, it is really 
it's for anybody who is queer. It's for anybody who is queer, whether you are full of devotion for God or you are full of doubt or you just don't believe. Um, it's for anybody who is queer. That said, you know, it is a Christian space. We are going to talk about God. We're going to talk about the Bible. Um, we're going to talk about those things from a standpoint of love and liberation for queer people. Um, love and liberation for queer people is like foundational for for me, for the way that I talk about faith and um, Christianity. Um, so, you know, just, you know, be aware. It, it is a Christian space, um, interdenominational, we we welcome anyone who is curious, anyone who is um, has questions, anyone who is full of faith, anyone who feels like Jesus is still three days dead. Um, you know, <laughs> that's that's who it's for. <laughs> three days dead. I I don't I don't think I've heard that reference before. <laughs> Not sure what it means, but uh, I appreciate it. I think. Um, okay, okay, okay. Um, I had some ideas for questions, but yeah. So when you when you think about queerly gathered, right? And right now it's what it's June, it's July. Uh, and you think about let's say the rest of the year. If you had to like say what you want, what you can see this becoming by the end of the year, or what you might want it to be. Um, by the end of the year, what? How would you describe that? Or, yeah, I feel like I've been talking a lot. And do you want to go? I mean, I think there's two ways to frame that answer. There's like the logistical side of it, um, of like, it, right? It's the summer, and summers are crazy, and people are like all over the place. So right now we're very scaled down to just doing like one worship service a month until we survive summer. Um, and so when we come back, you know, kind of more full force in the fall, logistically, it would be awesome to, you know, do a social event, like a monthly brunch, and maybe do more often worship services. Um, we've been talking about like, could be fun to do some sort of retreat with the people who are who are helping lead us through this, our, our leadership team. And um, but so there's like the logistic answer, and then there's like the ministry answer of um, how do we want people who have been coming to feel by the end of next year? And I really hope that you know two years into this, people feel like they have a spiritual home with us and people feel like they have a community that they can know that they can turn to, like, you know, if they're sick and they need someone to bring them soup, like this should be the community that they can, they know that they can ask um, for help and that somebody will always be there to, to come to them and that they feel like they have had questions answered about their faith journey or maybe came up with new questions and they feel safe coming to us with those questions. Um, and, and just that they know um, that there's a space for them to, to work through it all and, and people who will stand by them while they do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I would just add like, um, 
maybe even in summary of, of what Callie just shared, like that people are friends with each other, that there's that, that, you know, this space is, you know, it's also for, for people who just, who want to make friends, you know, and maybe like the bars just aren't their thing or they do like the bars, but they also want something that's a little bit different. Um, and I, I would also add, I would love for us to continue. We've been doing this queer pop icons series and worship where we take like the music of say Lady Gaga or Beyonce and then, um, or some other queer pop icon. And then the, the worship service that we build is kind of built around, um, you know, that person's music. Um, I would love for us to continue doing that. It's, I just think it's really fun and adds like another element of play into whenever we have a worship service. That's that's pretty cool. So like um, on that line, like who who have y'all already had? And do each of you have a favorite so far? <laughs> We've done Lady Gaga and Rihanna and then Beyonce is next. Yeah. I mean, I my first time preaching is going to be Beyonce, so I'll say Beyonce because I've been doing more research <laughs> than for the other two. And yeah, yeah. And, you know, we, we purposefully put Beyonce at the end of July because she's coming to D.C. that week. So, it, or the next week, whatever it is. Um, so that kind of builds the excitement a little bit. <laughs> pretty, pretty. Pretty exciting, pretty exciting. Taking, taking, taking Beyonce on, um, but that's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I feel like that's a that's interesting. Do you do you ever record those services, or are they just you have to be there to be to see them? We haven't been recording them, but we've been talking about the possibility. We don't have a plan to record the July um, our, our our upcoming worship service, but. We're, we're trying to figure that out. <laughs> so not currently. <laughs> Just thinking about it, because I mean, the whole idea of Rihanna, like Rihanna, I, that's an interesting, uh, a Rihanna, okay, not Rihanna themed church service, but just the <laughs> idea of a church service featuring Rihanna. I don't, right. I don't know what is more. Like we're worshiping God, but like we're using Rihanna's music to do it. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, okay. So you have uh, diva inspired uh, services. There's there's ideas of brunches. Um, I think you mentioned there was a, like a picnic or like other the potluck dinners. Mm -hmm. um, wow, it's it's <laughs> nothing like the churches I've been to. It sounds like. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, nothing, no, nothing like those at all. Nothing like those at all. But I, I do, I do like the idea of it because I do think there's a lot of, I don't know, my religious beliefs have been more expansive as I've grown up, um, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in the culture. There's a lot of wisdom in some of these songs and some of these people who are just out there making their mark on society. Um, yeah. having being able to I don't know, take what they offer um and share that out and meet people where they are instead of being like eh, you're in a church so you have to sing this hymn from a few hundred years ago 
Um, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, especially because I don't know how fully true it is. But people used to say some of the songs in the hymnal were taken from the bars. Oh yeah, some of them are. Some of them are. Some of them are bar songs. <laughs> so like, if they could do it back then, who knows? <laughs> in a hundred years, the the future hymnals will have some Beyonce and Rihanna. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, How could uh, they not? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know where you go with paparazzi, but I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe a... some songs work better than others, I guess. But... <laughs> you can always update it a little bit, keep the <laughs> melody, and just add add some new words in there. Um, awesome, awesome. Okay, so if people wanted to find more about your church, um, I guess one, where do you actually meet when you do meet? um that's one and then also like the website and instagrams and stuff like that yeah so um we worship at 15th street presbyterian church in washington dc um our social events are kind of you know you can't really picnic in the sanctuary so uh, our social events are more all over the place um and you know we welcome everyone in the DMV area, we've had people from Baltimore, we've had people from Reston. So um, anybody's welcome. 15th Street is super accessible um, with, you know, parking and Metro and bus. And then you can find us online. Um, we're queerlygathered.org. And then our, we're also on Instagram, which is um, just at queerlygathered. Okay. Um... And for your summer series, um, which weekends are those or which? So yeah. we meet the fourth Sunday of the month at 530 and we have dinner right afterwards. Okay. Okay. Like at a restaurant, I guess, or pop. Um, we usually, last time we ordered Italian and the time before that we ordered pizza um, and then we invite people to bring a side or dessert um, if they want to and yeah we have lunch in the social hall of the church or dinner not lunch that'd be a weird time to have lunch <laughs> all right awesome awesome um cool cool so I guess before we get into the rapid fire questions um I guess starting something like this, not knowing where it's going to go. And even as you mentioned earlier, once you started, it's like things sort of change. My expectations are changing and all of that. Um, question for each of you. So hopefully you have different answers. Um, do you have a, let me say, like a guiding word, or like wisdom or like what you rely on to, you know, try to do something new? Because part of my goal for this uh, conversation and the conversations that I have is for others who are listening, who might have ideas of, here's a change I might want to see in the community. Let me go do something to like, just try it out. Let me take action on that. Let me make the change that I want to see. Um, so like for each of you, like what, what, do you, what is something that guides you forward um, that pulls you, inspires you to keep going? Mm -hmm. 
a good question. <laughs> I got to think about that a little bit. We've got time. We can always edit it in post. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, so I have this prayer that I pray every morning, um, and I I got it from Amy Grant, <laughs> um, and it's uh, Lord, lead me today to those I need and to those who need me, and let me do something of eternal significance today. Amen. Like that's the whole prayer, um, and I I start out. I, like I pray it every morning and um, that phrase eternal significance for me, I think is it's helpful. And it, it guides me in that I don't think I'm going to know what the eternal significant thing I did was, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but it just helps me like show up with intention and show up with faithfulness um, to to my day. Um, and so I guess when I think about like the work that Callie and I are doing with starting Queerly Gathered, it's um, being faithful and, and, and not like, you know, there are gonna be those wonderful sort of mountaintop moments, um, but it's, it's gonna be a lot of just, uh, it's gonna be mostly like, faithfulness and showing up, you know, each day to whatever work is before you. Not like, <laughs> you know, a mountaintop all the time. Awesome, awesome. Well, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how to, how to follow that, but I'll try. <laughs> um, for me, I... This is, this is going to sound a little bit basic, but it's the truth. So I'm just going to go for it. Um, I've been trying really hard the past year to follow joy and to try to be super intentional about what is bringing me joy and what has brought me joy in the past. And um, when I have reflected about that, so much of my joy comes from and has always come from community and being with people who make me feel like I can be the best version of myself. So to think, I think that is hard to find in your, I, I mean, I'm 25. That is hard to find at 25, like a, a true community. Um, probably hard to find like really at any age, but especially coming out of the pandemic and everything. Um, so to me, whenever I'm feeling kind of tired or like this is really hard and really overwhelming and a lot of work and um, the idea that I could build something that brings that sense of joy through community to somebody else and just knowing how much that has helped me when I have been lonely in the past and had, you know, really hard times in the past. It is community that has always really pulled me through. And so just that idea that, you know, I could make that for somebody else. Um, and, it, and kind of, as Matt said, you never know it, right? Like I used to <laughs> just, I used to work at, at a summer camp and um, 
I had no idea, but randomly one of my old campers reached out the other day and this was five years ago and saying like, Hey, you know, you might not have known it, but you, you know, told, said one night that, you know, we are loved exactly as we are. And nobody had ever told me that before. And it totally changed the course of my life. So just that idea of like, you can never, like, you might never know it, but if you just put yourself out there and try to build a space where those things can happen, I think it's worth it, hopefully. <laughs> so yeah, that was a long-winded answer, but. But I mean, I think it's it's beautiful. And like, what's <laughs> creating the thing that brought you joy so that other people can also experience it and as well as you, um, I think that's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know what life is sometimes, but I feel like that's part of it. That's part of yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Even like for me, sometimes I might laugh at a stupid joke, but I'm like, if I laugh, there's probably somebody else who would laugh at the same stupid joke. Right. <laughs> so and you're making the person who made the stupid jokes day. So yeah. it all works. It's all it's all good. <laughs> And this is how I transition into a rapid fire question. Uh, and this goes to Matt first. So one is, do you have a favorite joke? Because that. <laughs> do I have a favorite joke? Wait, because you have what? a favorite joke or something you've recent, you re or a recent joke that was something that was funny, a funny moment to share? Uh, These may or may not be used. So we'll, we'll. we'll. <laughs> Uh, I mean, my boyfriend is always trying to make me laugh, like with, you know, ridiculous dance moves while he's making dinner. And I don't, and it, it always cracks me up. And even though I try to keep a, keep a straight face, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's why I always try to keep a queer face. I think, I think. Yeah. A... I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> uh, well, you, Callie. Um, okay. It's a, it's a, this is the one that I grew up with and, um, why does an elephant paint their nails red, green, brown, orange, and blue? I don't know. So they can hide in an M&M box. Have you ever seen an elephant in an M&M box? No. Don't they do it well? <laughs> That's my dad's favorite joke, and he always messes it up. So I'm very proud that I told it correctly. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, can I change mine? Oh, I have. I just came up. I just remember. Yeah, yeah you can. So, okay, so um, this is a really, really good joke. It's uh. Oh wait, I'm gonna mess it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no, 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 I'm not gonna mess it up. Um, what kind of shoes does a mouse wear? What? Squeakers. Ah! <laughs> That's a knee slapper. Oh my God. I told that to like a high schooler one time and just like to be dumb. And she was like, I don't know, Converse. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. No. <laughs> I have good taste. Um, awesome, awesome. One of my favorite jokes that I I love. Sometimes I mess it up or I forget how it goes. But um, two guys walk into a bar. The third one ducks. 
to uh, walk into a bar. Oh, third... I get it. <laughs> of ducks. Like, oh, I understand. <laughs> good little setup, and it's quick, and it's over. I love, mm. it. <laughs> love that one so much. <laughs> um, where was I? I don't know. Rapid questions. <laughs> yeah, these are really quick. Um, <laughs> uh yeah and then i guess since pride month is just over um do you, either of you have a favorite pride moment of this this year favorite pride moment um so we did like at the pride festival the sunday of dc pride um we like did a pride booth for Queerly Gathered and it was like I went to work that morning and then went there and it was another like seven hours and it was a hot day I was so tired and ready to go home but Rina Sawayama was playing and my girlfriend is like a huge fan and I was having she like dragged me up to the stage I was so tired and I was like oh <laughs> want to go home and then it was an amazing set and like we ended up like jumping up and down and like having a really fun time so kind of that turnaround of like I don't want to be here anymore to okay I guess you were right I guess it's good that we stayed this is a really fun time um was really nice so yeah and if anybody doesn't know Rina Sawayama you should look her up she's quite quite good I, I enjoyed her performance. I also didn't know who she was. Um, <laughs> and then someone said it and I was like, that's not a, that doesn't sound like a full name. I don't know what's happening, but it was a, it was a great, it was a great day for me. Mm -hmm. there. How about, how about you, Matt? Do you remember, uh, do you have a good? I guess if I pick one moment, moment, I would say uh, eating El Rey tacos um, on Saturday night with, with friends. <laughs> okay. We were so hungry. We <laughs> yes, Callie so was there. Those, we waited so long for those tacos. So when they finally arrived, it was a, a glorious moment. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Tacos are part of my pride all the time. Um, <laughs> pretty much love those, love those. Um, okay, okay. Well, and my final question, uh, pretty simple, pretty simple, simple question for each of you. <laughs> When you think about our queer community as a whole, um, we're here, we're queer, we're not going anywhere. Um, but when we think of the future of our queer community, what is like a vision that you might have? Like what is, if there was something that our community were to evolve into or grow into or, you know, improve, what's one thing that you would like to see in the future? Just one. I mean, this, I should figure out a way to like weave queerly gathered into this, and that would be like a really good like business move. But honestly, I'm still like at the time, I don't know when this is published, but at the time we're recording this, this is like a week past the Supreme Court publishing their decisions. And I'm just so mad all the time at, um, the erasure that politicians are trying to do to our community. And just this idea that somehow being your truest self and being, you know, 
the person that God made you to be and living your life in the most beautiful way you know how is anything but beautiful is so upsetting. And so just, you know, I think for me, I'm just, I'm just being mad. I'm so mad. (laughs) Calm down to finish answering. Um, but you know, like one time we tried to order things for pride order merch and we were told, no, we don't, you know, you don't align with our values. Um, and the Supreme court just said, that's okay. And that's not okay to, it's just not okay. So I'm just so tired of all the hurt and all the erasure and the idea that this community is in any way anything but you know promoting love is I'm done with that so I would love to see that end please and thank you (laughs) yeah thank you (laughs) I I laugh because I've asked this question to other people and they similarly gave me a (laughs) I can't think about the vision I need to put out the like there's a fire and that is the thing yeah yeah I I I hear you. (laughs) I hear you there and I hear you there. And part of me is like, and why I think about this podcast is we can't go back in time, right? And we're already here. So sometimes what I see is, you know what? If they're going to make it legal for people to discriminate against us, cool. Because I know better people who would love to do a gay wedding website. And like other mm-hmm. people who are like out there starting their small brands of like pride merch, but you know, they, it's hard for them to have the budget that Target has, that has the budget that some of these other corporations have. So it's like, how do we figure out who in our communities are ready for us? And then like keep that, keep that economy within. Cause then mm-hmm. we can have resources and we can grow. Um, and that's sort of touching on my vision for the future of the queer community. But um I, I don't want to get there yet. Um, but how about how about you, Matt? Do you have any? Um, hmm. Well, what, what's coming to my mind right now, just in this moment, at least, is just um, to cultivate joy and to and to to include everything that you know. You just said in that Callie just said to include rage, to include anger, to include, um, you know, all of the feelings, all of the emotions, all of the responses, um, and to also cultivate joy um, in our daily lives, in, and um, in our, like, yeah, in our community, as we, like, the erasure stuff, like, can like oh, I don't I don't know where I was going with that but um <laughs> it's all real I not to we're not going to negate it or pretend it's not there but to also um to celebrate to celebrate ourselves and our community and to take care of each other um I think I really I would really love for the queer community to 
I think there have been shifts and changes in this, but to get even better at like taking care of each other, um, you know, it's LGBTQIA plus, like everybody, um, not not just, you know, um, a few of those letters or a few, a few of those identities, um, but that we are taking care of each other and um, standing, yeah, standing together. Awesome, awesome. Well, <laughs> well, thank you both for joining today and sharing what you're doing with Queerly Gathered. Um, I love the idea of love and love and liberation for queer people. Um, creating these communities that, yes, they do revolve around faith a little bit, having a spiritual home, but also having people who are just friends, having a real community. And I see how Queerly Gathered, even if you didn't say it specifically, is sort of creating that, um, helping people, you know, creating that community where people are taking care of each other, where all of people under this queer umbrella are welcome and have a place. Um, so yeah, so thank you for uh, doing this. I hope that people who are listening in the DC area uh, will come check you out. I know I definitely will figure out a time to make it over there based on my schedule. But um yeah, this has been a this has been a good conversation and I look forward to seeing what happens next. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. This has been really fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Queer Changemakers podcast. I'm your host, Justin Mezzetin, and I hope that you're able to learn from what you just heard and think of ways that you yourself can also make change in your community for the better. Take care, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.